1 Corinthians 13. Let's go and stand together. 1 Corinthians 13. We're going to read the last three verses of this chapter. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 11. It says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part... But then shall I know, even as I also am known, and now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. Now, if you will, take your Bibles just a few pages over to Ephesians in chapter number 5. Ephesians in chapter number 5. Ephesians chapter number 5, and I want to read just the first verse of this chapter. Ephesians chapter number 5. In verse number 1, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 1, it says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. It says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for each and every individual who's come out today. Father, I thank you for those who uh, have... have a Savior today who claimed the name of Jesus Christ. What a wonderful blessing it is as we sung uh, just moments ago to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. What a blessing, what a privilege, what an honor. Father, I ask that if there are some in this building today who've never made uh, a decision in their life to accept Christ, that today would be the day of their salvation. Father, I pray that you would help them to overcome any obstacles that, that may be in their way, Lord, whether they be physically, mentally, emotionally. And Father, help them to come to that place where they will truly accept the Son of God as their Savior. Father, I ask for those that, in this room that, that need help, encouragement, and Father, just, just need something to, to boost them up and get them through the week. Father, I pray that you'd uh, use Use this message to do that. Father, I pray for those in this room that need to have your Holy Spirit touch their heart and convict them of things that they need to change. And Lord, I pray that their hearts would be tender and soft to your word. Father, I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to use verse number 11. As our text, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse number 11, and we'll also be using Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 1. The Bible says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Over in Ephesians in chapter 5, verse number 1, it tells us to be followers of God as dear children. Now we see in one passage we're to become an adult. We see in the other passage that we are to remain as a child. And today I, I want to try to reconcile those two thoughts together and it won't take a lot of work to do so and I think you'll see where I'm going pretty quickly but I pray that you'd follow along. But God's Word uses so many illustrations to describe the Christian life to us. That's one of the things I love about God's Word. It's incredibly descriptive. You, I was reading over in Psalm 119 this week and Psalm 119 is the, the greatest chapter in the Bible about the Bible. It, 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 it gives just dozens and dozens of way that the Bible is relative to us. And it's incredible and it's a blessing. And I encourage you, it's 176 verses long, okay? So it's not just a two-minute read. But you sit down and you begin to study that and digest that chapter. And you'll see one, many wonderful illustrations of how God's Word pertains to us and to our lives. Well, this morning I desire to explain two different facets of the Christian life that to a certain extent almost seem to be in contrast one to another. 
But in all reality, instead of contrasting, they complement each other beautifully. Kind of like a hand fitting into a glove, so to speak. And so this morning, follow along. And I want to give you a few thoughts. I don't believe I'll be long. I know we've got all sorts of things going on and we're busy. Got to run here. Got to run there. Got How many got graduations to get to today? Don't you love that? Amen. Those graduation cards come in the mail and you're just, you're, you're $20 poorer every one you get. Yeah, I know how it feels. I just offended every senior in the room. I want to say this, though, first and foremost this morning. We need to have the heart of a child. We need to have the heart of a child. Over in Ephesians in 5.1, it says, Be therefore followers of God as dear children. If you go to verse 2, it says, And walk in love. And walk in love. See, we need to be followers of God as children. We need to have the heart of a child. And, and I want to say th- a few things about this this morning because it, it, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11, it doesn't say to put away a child or put away childhood. It says to put away childish things. And there are some things in our life that are very childish that we do need to put away. But in so doing, I don't want you to put away those parts of childhood that are wonderful and that are fascinating. You look at a child and they have some wonderful characteristics about them. Many things about childhood we should always hold on to. You see, there are some qualities about a child that we truly desire to be around. Yesterday, I stopped at a garage sale before I came out for prayer meeting and visitation. And, 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 and I walked into this house, and boy, they had some really nice things. And it was, it was a couple that had been married for 30, 35 years, I'm guessing, and, and we got to talking to them. And they said, we're moving to Arkansas. And a nice couple, sweet folks. I said, how long have you lived here? And they said, oh, since about 1980. I said, what's, what's taking you to Arkansas? They said, our grandkids. There's just something about children that we enjoy. Yeah, oftentimes you take a you take an old dog and you put a young pup in with it, and that old dog will get renewed life in vigor. That old dog will get some of his legs back. That old dog will get some of his bark back, amen. And boy, he'll start to, to act a little bit younger. There's some things about children that, that we just love, and that, that even as adults and, and senior adults, that we crave about those children. We ought never to lose these things. And I want to give you three quick qualities about the heart of a child that we always ought to hold on to. Number one is we ought to learn to trust as a child. We ought to learn to trust as a child. In Mark chapter 10, it says in verse 15, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child, he shall not enter therein. That does not mean that you have to come into the kingdom of God when you are a child. It means you have to come into it with a childlike faith. Over in Luke in chapter 18, you'll find almost the same thing verbatim. You'll see that 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 trust is very important. When I got saved, I came to God and I put my faith in Him completely. You see, my faith wasn't in me and my works. My faith wasn't in, 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 in Christ and church. My faith wasn't in Christ and baptism. My faith was just in Christ and I had to trust Him with a childlike faith. And this morning I beg you to, to trust as a child. See, a child will believe and trust quickly and completely. Children have not yet become skeptics and critics like we have. It's amazing to me how so many adults will see to, uh, seem to, to want to look at a situation and break it down and tear it to shreds instead of just trusting. I'm amazed at that. You have a child, and I've got three beautiful, crazy kids, all right? And I love them to death. And those kids, they're very trusting. They shouldn't be, amen? They should know their father better. I know that. And I know that's what you're thinking. But they're very trusting, and, and they think dad is capable, and they think dad does know best, Amen? 
Anybody else like that? I mean, you fathers, yeah, you, you, now you have teenagers, and your teenagers have learned from you how to be skeptical, and so they don't think you know everything. But, but I love that about children. You, you deal with kids, and, and, and you say, this is what you're supposed to do, and they don't argue with you. They don't fight with you. Now, they may not do it the way they're supposed to, and they may forget to do it in five minutes, but they'll trust you, and they'll believe you. And, and the heart of a child has a very simple trust that we should never lose sight of. Secondly, the heart of a child should, or a heart of a child does have exuberance and excitement. A child loves to get excited. If I were to go downstairs in a junior church this morning and I were to pull out a, a Hershey's candy bar or I were to pull out a, a dollar bill, almost every single one of them children would just come unglued if they had a chance to get it. They're excited and they get excited, let's face it, about things that really aren't that important. I mean, they get excited about birthdays. How many of you adults got excited about your birthday this year? Yeah? Few of you. But folks, we don't like to get excited about stuff. We've lost that childhood exuberance, and, and I think it's sad. Boy, kids will sing and say amen. They'll sit still. They'll even turn their cell phones off in a church service if they have the chance to win a dollar bill. Amen? Some of you might want to check that quickly. But folks, the, the kids are easily excited. They... they I, being a youth pastor, and it's been seven years since I've done that, but, well, I loved kids because kids were actually excited to come to church. Okay, they, they like, looked forward to it. I drove the bus and picked up kids over in, in Marquette and McGregor, Iowa, and picked up a few here in Prairie du Chien when we had a few extra. And, and, and I got to tell you, those kids actually looked forward to coming to church. Then you go and you try to pick up adults or get adults to come to church, and it's kind of like, well, I don't know, I don't know. Man, kids, they're beating your door down, and you got, man, adults, you got to fire. I mean, it's kind of got, you got to light the flame real early in the morning to get them going. You know, you got to get that cup of coffee. You got to get that thing blazing hot. Try to get, the, get a little emotion stirred into them. The heart of a child has exuberance and excitement. Folks, we ought to get excited about the things of God. We ought to get excited about serving God. We ought to get excited about our salvation. We ought to get excited that we have a Bible that is perfect and that is whole and that is complete. We ought to get excited that God hears our prayers and answers our prayers. We ought to get excited that we get to come to a church today that has air conditioning. Praise God. Isn't it good? One of the ladies came in this morning. We, we were chatting for just a moment about many years ago when Pastor Bodie was here, and Pastor Bodie thought air conditioning was of the devil. Now, he never said it out loud, but he did. He would not get air conditioning, and he'd always say it didn't matter if it was May, June, or August. Oh, we only got a couple more weeks of this. You're lying, Pastor. I remember sitting in the service and just roasting to death. Man, sweat was pouring off you, and you I'm so thankful we have an auditorium today that's a little chilly. Isn't it good? Yeah, you say, oh, I'm cold. Put a sweater on, honey. It'll be all right. I mean, just, just enjoy it. I see you over there, Mrs. Reed. I got you, yeah? Now, folks, I'm so, see, we ought to get excited about things, though. I mean, we ought to praise the Lord that we have an opportunity to do something meaningful in our lives. And yet, so many times, we're deadwood, man. I mean, we are just deader than, the, 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 than last week's newspaper. I mean, we got nothing good to share with anybody, and we need to learn to be excited. We need to learn to be exuberant. We need to have the heart of a child. I mean, the heart of a child is, is wonderful. You say, oh, we're going to go to Chuck E. Cheese. You think Christmas came and their birthday came all wrapped into one. Woo! We'll take them there then. Good lands. Folks, we got to learn. I mean, it's, it's us adults. I mean, you say, well, Chuck E. Cheese, that's kind of stupid. It is. 
but they'll get excited about it. And yet, we as adults have things in our lives that are meaningful, that are wonderful. You know, some of you ought to be excited. We got a couple, and I won't say their name because he'll kill me, but they're celebrating their 25th anniversary today. 25 years together. That's something to get excited about. Anybody that'll stay with another person for 25 years, that's incredible. I mean, some of us are lucky to get our wives to stay with us five. Amen? I mean, boy, folks, we ought to be excited about that. That's, that's incredible that someone made a commitment to you that has lasted that long. Get excited about that. Praise the Lord for that. Boy, if you've got some good things in your life, get excited about it. Don't wait for God to take it away before you get excited. It's kind of sad. The only time we get excited in our lives is when God takes something from us. Well, God, how come you had to do that? God said you didn't appreciate it. See, the heart of a child is easily excited. They love, they love to get excited about things. My children, my youngest, loves to come to church. By the way, she hates to be late. That's another tidbit I'll throw out there for you. Every night, though, during our, we have a little, when dad's home, we have a little Bible study, and it just, just we'll read a little story or something and talk about a verse, and, and then we'll have, we'll have prayer requests, and we'll say what we're thankful for. Audrey, she's three years old. Every night, she'll, she'll, she'll say, do we have church tomorrow? I'm thankful for church. doesn't matter if the answer is yes or no. Now, she's three, and she's excited about it. Now, she's a social little kid, and she enjoys people. She'll talk to, she'll talk to the wall if you let her, amen? But, but I mean, she, she, every single night, what are you thankful for, Audrey? Church. Thankful for church. And, and, I, and I, I marvel at that, and, and I, I got I to be honest with you. I look at us adults, and I wonder what happened. Far too many of us say, oh, I got to serve God. I, I got to do right. I got I to gotta, I gotta be righteous. I got to serve the Lord. I got to lay up treasures in heaven. I mean, come on, really? Seriously? Get excited about that, folks. I mean, the heart of a child, number one, it trusts. Number two, it's, it has excitement. Number three, the heart of a child loves the simple things of life. In Matthew chapter 18 and verse 4, it says, Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You see, the heart of a child loves things that are simple. It loves things that are simple. You know this, parents. You spend hundreds of dollars in, at Christmas time, and boy, you'll get all these presents, and you'll wrap them beautifully under the tree, and after everything is said and done, the kids are tearing the boxes up and playing with the wrapping paper. Not the toys you bought them. You spend all that, you just, 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 they don't care. I mean, they, they enjoy the simple things. You put three or four kids outside and they can play a whole afternoon. They enjoy the simple things. They can make, they can make a fort out of a tree. They can make a gun out of a twig. They, they, they can make a baseball bat out of a bigger stick. They can make a ball out of pretty much anything, amen? I mean, they can just enjoy the simple things of life. And this morning, I would really challenge you. Folks, sometimes in our lives, see, we, we've forgotten to enjoy the wonderful things God's placed right in front of us. And I'm not trying to say that they are simple as far as God's concerned. I'm just saying we treat them as such. But sometimes we just need to take a step back and enjoy the things God has put here for us. We are too caught up in, 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 our, in, our, in our cell phones. We're too caught up in our iPods. We're too caught up in our Facebook accounts. And what we need to do is just step back and say, man, look what God has done. I mean, why don't you watch the sun come up? This, this week I had to take my daughter in for a, for a sleep study test. And, man, she, and this is speaking of getting excited about simple things. We had a long week, and, and, and the Lord allowed some things to happen. But Monday night, I get home, and it had been a long day already. We'd spent a lot of time in the hospital, and we got home, and I came to church just to kind of clear my mind and, and get away from it for a moment. And 
I got home at 5 o'clock, and Emily, my six-year-old daughter, met me at the, bottom of the, at the bottom of the stairs, and she said, Dad, guess what? I get to stay up all night. And I looked up the stairs at my wife, and she nodded. We thought this thing was supposed to be a couple weeks out, and they scheduled it immediately. And Simple things, man, staying up all night. And boy, were we excited about it. The simple things, amen? The simple things. But that morning, about 4 o'clock, we came in here to Prairie to pick up a few things, and we went up to La Crosse and trying to do everything to stay awake. And truly, she did better than both Debbie and I did. She had more energy. And, and we watched the sun come up. It ain't bad, I got to tell you. It's a pretty good show. Folks, it's the simple things in life we're forgetting. It's a, it's a simple pleasure. Sometimes we get so caught up in, in having and keeping up with the Joneses that we forget they really don't matter as far as me and mine are concerned. I mean, I got my wife. I got my family. I, I, I got the house that God gave me. I got the automobiles that still run that God gave me. I got so many wonderful things in my life, and I just need to enjoy what God has given me instead of trying to constantly achieve and attain more and more because that's a rat race I'll never get out of. And I just need to enjoy the simple things of life. I need to sit down and enjoy breakfast. I'm looking forward to Memorial Day. I'm going to get out of bed, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to eat breakfast with my family. I never do that. I'm looking forward to a simple thing. I'm looking forward to being home for a day and just enjoying being around my wife and my kids, enjoying the simple things of life. You say, well, well what are you going to do? I, I honestly don't think we're going to do anything, just the simple things. Going to go out and throw baseball. Going to go out and, and, and throw a rock. Going to go out and do something that we ought not to. Amen. Have some fun. We're going to just go out and enjoy something. And folks, i got to tell you, see the heart of a child that enjoys the simple things of life. And yet many times in our adulthood, we forget that. You see, we need the heart of a child. But secondly, here in 1 Corinthians in chapter 13, we see we also need the mind of a man or the mind of an adult. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 11, it says, When I was a child, I spake as a child. It says, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. You see, we, we need to keep that heart of a child. Don't put that thing away. But add to it. You see, what, what I want to say in essence this morning is instead of maturing and moving away from, mature and add to. You see, some of us in our lives, we've forgotten that those wonderful things that we, we learned and that we had as a child, and then those things that we had as an adolescent, and those, we, we, we've kind of moved past those things. We ought never to do that. We ought to never lose the joy. And, and that's, by the way, that's why grandparents want to be around their grandkids. Because their grandkids have an enthusiasm and their, their grandkids enjoy the simple things and their grandkids have a trusting spirit and there's so many other things I could say this morning about the heart of a child. But they love that and they crave that and they want that. You ought never to leave that. Hey, person here today, I don't care if you're 95 years old, you ought never to leave those things behind. You ought to take those things and add to them. Now, first of all, the mind of a, an adult, we ought to add maturity. Maturity. Don't ever lose the ability to be trusting. Don't ever lose the ability to be exuberant. Don't ever lose the ability to enjoy the simple things of life, but add to those things. Mature them. Grow them. Become more firm in your beliefs. Become greater in what you already are as far as God making you. Secondly, the mind of an adult 
We ought to have that with resolve. See, a child at times will take their ball and go home. You know, they'll, they'll get mad and say, this isn't the way I want it to be. I'm, gonna, I'm done. I quit. But the mind of a man has resolve. It means to be determined in their purpose. Childishness tends to be unfaithful in many areas, but a man or an adult honors their commitments. We live in a culture that has little resolve. We truly do. I look at our homes, and we have homes that have very little resolve. I was, through the years, I've talked to so many couples, and they say, well, I don't really like them anymore. I know. You talk to any married couple that's been married for more than five years, and we all have days like that, don't we? Where we look across the, the bedroom and say, that person really ticks me off. You know, they, 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 they don't compliment my cooking. They don't appreciate the fact I make their bed. They don't, they don't appreciate those things. And that really gets my go. But there, there's something that's supposed to be greater than that, and that's our commitment, our resolve that says, I, I, will, I will stay married. I will, I, will, I will honor my commitment whether I'm really all for it right now or not. And I really wish today, instead of throwing in the towel and saying, well, well I'm just going to get, get another one out of the rack and try her out for a while. I wish we'd just say, I'll honor my commitments. This is the one I said for better or for worse. I didn't understand how much worse, worse meant. Yeah, yes. But I'm going to stick with them for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others. So long as we both shall live, do you so promise? Anybody remember saying that? And we answered, I do. For too many of us, we, we didn't mean in sickness. We didn't mean in poor. We didn't mean for worse. We just meant as long as things are good. And folks, I'm going to tell you something right now. Anybody can stay with anybody as long as things are good. But when the going gets rough, that's when you find out where commitment or resolve has entered the picture. And that is the mind of an adult. See, a child says, oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to try anymore. But the mind of an adult says, I'll do what I committed to do. I will resolve to finish the job I started. I look at having resolve as far as raising our children is concerned. Folks, do you know that our children ought to be raised in the nurture and admonition of the Lord? By the way, that takes resolve. You, I, I remember when we had Jacob 10 years ago, and Jacob came into this world, and boy, you know, at, at that point, my wife and I, we were perfect parents. Yes? You had one child that was a newborn. You were the perfect parents. My wife had read every book on child rearing. I'd let her tell me the highlights of it. <clears throat> and, and, and boy, we, we you know, got into that, and boy, we did this, and we did that, and we wanted to follow, you know, this guy's, you know, and, and, and boy, we wanted to have the perfect children. Right? Anybody else start out like that? And soon enough, you learn that it's a lot harder than you thought it was. They don't let you sleep at night. And I got very bitter about that. I like sleeping at night. I really believe that's how the Lord intended it. And I tried to explain this to my three-month-old son. Son, this is when you sleep. This is not when you're awake. Go to sleep. And he didn't listen. He, quite frankly, he did not. And boy, that frustration. And, and boy, you work and you labor, but you got to have some resolve. And all of a sudden, they get to be, you know, they, they start school and they get friends and they deal with that. And you got to have resolve to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And then, God forbid, and I'm not there yet, so I'm preaching to some of you, but, 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 but my, they hit teenage years. 
And I know this because I learned this in junior church years ago before they sent me upstairs to the adult crowd. But I learned that when you become 13, that your brain begins to shrink. I do. That's what our junior church preacher taught us. He said that when you become 13, your brain shrinks down to the size of a pea. And it does not begin to grow again until you hit age 20. Now again, I have been a youth pastor. I firmly believe there is some scientific proof to that somewhere. I really do. I mean, it's incredible. I mean, you look at these kids like, whoa, what's wrong with you? What happened to the sweet, innocent child you used to be? Yeah. And it takes resolve as a parent to get through some of those years. Some of those years can be difficult. Boy, they want to rebel against mom. They want to kind of spread their own wings and and tell you, and and Mike, I know yours hasn't begun to grow yet. We're praying for you, okay? Um, But boy, it takes some resolve. It takes some commitment See, you started out and you wanted to do well, and now you've kind of lowered your expectations. Get them back up where they belong. Man, honor your commitment. You said you were going to rear that child in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You finish what you started out to do. And there are going to be some difficult days. There are going to be some moments where you wonder if that child is really yours. There are going to be some moments where you say, I really don't know if they're going to turn out for God. But you honor your commitment, and you have resolved to finish what you started. Parents, can I say this? I'm going to rabbit trail for a moment, but it's in the notes, so it's okay. Make your kids obey the rules. And when I say this, I, I, I mean just not only your rules. Folks, do you know what's going to happen someday? Your kid is going to hit 19, and they're going to go off to college, or they're going to go off to tech school, or they're going to go get a job somewhere. And do you know what they're going to have for the first time in their life? Somebody who's their boss that you can't control or manipulate. And you know what's going to happen? they're going to be mean to little Johnny or little Susie. And they are going to tell little Johnny and little Susie that they don't like the job they're doing. And you're going to get frustrated. But you better be careful. I hope you haven't trained your children that don't worry, mommy and daddy will take care of everything. I don't think if your son or daughter gets a traffic ticket for speeding or for some other infraction, please don't pay it, parents. Make them earn the money. It'll help them to learn. I remember I was in Bible college. I was 20 years old. My brain had just begun to grow again, okay? And I had hit about Mach 2 on the way to work one day, and a police officer pulled me over. He was out of line. I was going a lot faster than he was. And, and, and gave me a ticket. How dare he? Yeah. The next night, I, I kid you not, the next night, the power was out, and, and, and I went through an intersection that had a stop sign. Did not see it. It was in the middle of nowhere. There was no power. It had been a terrible storm. I got pulled over by another police officer and got ticketed again. Not the same guy, mind you, but I got ticketed again. I had about $300 in tickets coming up. And I had very little money. I learned how to pray, amen? But I paid my tickets. I called home and belly ached and cried and whined. Still do that sometimes but I paid my tickets. Parents, don't step in and do that for your kids. Don't don't yell at their teacher and make their teacher do what you say unless what their teacher is doing is wrong. See, raise your kids to serve God because one day, by the course of natural events, you are going to be taken out of the picture before your child, and your child is going to have to learn how to go to God. And parents, I pray that we're raising them in that manner. And they need to learn to get their authority from God and learn how to obey His rules instead of mommy and daddy's. 
And there's some 25 and 30-year-olds that just obey mommy and daddy because mommy and daddy will bail me out of jail. Mommy and daddy shouldn't bail you out of jail. They ought to let you sit there for a while. It'll be good for you. It'll teach you a couple lessons. Those people in jail are not nice, all right? They will help you to understand that jail is not a good place. Parents, <laughs> amen. Raise your kids in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Now back to the notes, okay? We need to be faithful to honor our financial commitments. We need to be faithful to honor our financial commitments, commitments to God, commitments to man, and commitments to each other. We need to have resolve to do that. We need to be resolved to finish what we started. That's the mind of an adult. The mind of an adult. I said we need to have the heart of a child, but we need to add to that the mind of an adult. I said, number one, an adult needs to mature. Secondly, I said an, an adult needs to have some resolve or some commitment in their life. Thirdly, the mind of an adult has sacrifice. You see, the mind of an adult understands that it's not all about me, but it's about him. You see, a true man, a true woman does not make everything about them, but about others. In John 3.16, the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5.8, it says, But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You see, there, there is an aspect of adulthood where we understand what sacrifice is. Now, there are children who, are who will sacrifice, but the heart of a child doesn't understand the, 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 the reality of it yet. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Children will sacrifice, but they don't, they, they, after a while, they want to go back and get what they sacrificed. But the heart, the mind of an adult understands what it means. And see, when God sent his only begotten son, he understood exactly what the ramifications were. He understood that Jesus Christ would be, become sin for the world. He understood that he would turn his back on his only begotten son. Yet God loved me so much, he was willing to sacrifice for me. That's the mind of an adult. They understand the price. Tomorrow we celebrate Memorial Day. Those men and women who died for our country, whether on the battlefields or after service at home, understood the sacrifice they were making. They were willing to put their life on the line for me to have liberty. That's sacrifice. That's the mind of an adult. You see, sacrifice says it's not about my wants or my desires. Sacrifice says I'll do what is best. I'll close with an illustration. This week has been a long week for us. My little girl, six-year-old Emily, had a seizure last Sunday afternoon. lasted for about 15 to 20 minutes. Difficult, difficult, difficult. I thought the Lord, halfway to the hospital, I thought the Lord had taken my little girl home. Did not know, thought we thought she was choking. Very emotional, very trying. Praise God, she's, she's crazy and nutty as ever. Got energy and, and living life large. And my wife and I haven't sleep, slept all week. We've been in her room endlessly every night. We've slept in there and good night. Last night she fell out of bed, scared us to death. I was sleeping right by her bed and just as a parent, you'd understand those feelings and emotions. Just been a long week. Uh, Monday, 
We got home from the hospital. I talked to my son. Again, it had been, been a busy week, a lot of things going on. And so I got home Monday from the hospital, brought Emily home, and I talked to my son briefly, and I said, Jacob, I said, you have to understand, we, we got to move some rooms around. The doctors had told us that her, her, her seizures are related to some, some sleep issues, and I won't go into it, but, but she has to have a real solid night's sleep, needless to say. And so I said, Jacob, I said, you got to help me out. I said, son, we're going to move your room. Now, we have three bedrooms upstairs. My wife and I have one. The girls had one, and Jacob had one. Now, in our house, we have a downstairs. Now, downstairs, that's where all the creepy crawlies are. Amen? You remember that? And you guys grow up with houses with basements, and, and that's where the boogeyman lived. And, and, and if you ever went down there, you ran up like three times as fast. You know, your parents, when you came up the steps... Yeah, you remember that, don't you? I, mean, I, I do. I, I used to hit about 40 miles an hour coming up the steps from our basement when I was a kid. You know, and, and, and wasn't it the worst? You were downstairs in the basement with your brother and sister, and you guys were all goofing around and playing, and then your brother and sister, like, went upstairs and didn't tell you? And, like, five, minute la five minutes later, it hits you, and you're like, I'm alone in the basement. You all know what I'm talking about. And, boy, you just, boom, man, you hit upstairs. And, and your mother says, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Fine. I'm 16-year-old. I'm fine. Fine. No problem. <laughs> but I said, Jacob, we got to move you downstairs. And was it Wednesday? Wednesday came home, and, and again, it had been a crazy week, and we just, it just been exhausting. But Wednesday came home uh, from church and began to move his things downstairs. And he didn't say a lot. You know, I knew. I, but he was, he, I talked to him a little bit. About, I talked to him all two minutes about it. Moved his stuff downstairs. And I got home late from church. I got caught with some folks and got home. I'd wanted to kind of be home to tuck the kids in that night because, again, it had been such a long week. We'd been so off schedule. But Wednesday night I got home and the kids, Jacob at least, wasn't asleep. And it was about 9.30 and walked into his room and, and, and I sat down there by the bed, and, and I said, Bud, I said, I said Jacob, I said, I really, I really appreciate you. I said, I really appreciate you moving your room downstairs. And he looked at me, and he said, Dad, he said, that's fine. He said, it'll help Emily not to get sick anymore, right? And tears came to my eyes, and I could not have been prouder of my son than that moment. Because for the first time... As a father, I saw him make a decision with the heart of a child, but with the mind of an adult. I went upstairs, and, and it really just kind of, again, there's just kind of the emotions came out. I told my wife, and we both kind of cried together. But praise the Lord for that instance. Folks, This morning, let me challenge you to have the heart of a child. Trust Christ. Trust Christ. He'll never hurt you. I know you've been let down. I know parents have failed you. I know brothers and sisters have failed you. But trust Christ. Have the heart of a child with Christ. He'll never hurt you. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never cast you out. Trust Christ with the heart of a child. Be excited about the things of God. And with the heart of a child, enjoy the pleasures, the simple pleasures of life. But add to that heart the mind of an adult. Add to that heart maturity. Put away the childish things. Put away those, 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 those foolish things of childhood. Mature. 
add to that heart the mind of resolve, of commitment, saying, I will do, I will honor what I set out to do. And lastly, this morning, add to that heart of a child the mind of sacrifice. And say, it's not about what I want or about what I desire. It's about what's best. And folks, today I would beg you, if you're here and you've never trusted Christ, you've never come to a place in your personal life where you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, would you, during the invitation, would you be willing, as Matthew taught us, to humble yourself as a child and accept Him today? And Christian, if you're here this morning, maybe there's some things in your life you've, you've matured and moved on from. Maybe you need to go back and revisit and pull a few of those things back in. Maybe there's a few things you left behind. Hey, may, maybe some of you in here need to put away childish things, as 1 Corinthians 13 teaches us. Maybe there's some things you've not been committed to as you should. Maybe you've not resolved to finish what you started. Maybe you're not sacrificing as you could. I don't know what it is. But my friend, if the Lord has touched your heart, I would really encourage you during the invitation, you come to the altar and take it up with the Lord Himself. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet with heads bowed. In a moment, the piano and the organ will begin to play. And friend, if you're here without Christ, would you please get my attention? I'll not embarrass you, but I do want to have someone show you from the Word of God how you can be born again. And Christian, if you're here today, maybe there's some things you've left behind that you should go back and get. Or maybe there's some things that you need to put away and grow into. Maybe there's some areas of maturity. My friend, the altar's open. As the instruments begin to play, you come forward. Well, folks, thank you for being here this morning. I do want to just personally thank um, all of you for praying. I know there's been a lot of that this week. and want to thank each and every one of you. who There were a few who visited um, us in the hospital when we were there, and that meant so much to Emily. She was so thrilled. She just 
we're so excited to have some people visit her and I know a few of you have sent a card and we really appreciate that it meant a lot to us um, probably more than it meant to her but it meant a great deal to her as well you keep her in your prayers by God's grace the doctor said she should outgrow it which is a blessing um, but it, it was it was traumatic to say the least but you know, the Lord's taken good care and uh, my wife handled it like a professional her husband was a basket case <laughs> I cannot tell a lie but God was good through it all so we praise the Lord um, let's go ahead and be dismissed with a word of prayer brother Holfe